Welcome to the Mosaic of Marion, a weekly podcast hosted by Dr. Henry M. Meadows, Jr. and presented by Marion Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. It is our sincere hope that you'll join us each week as we explore what it means to be part of God's big picture through biblical discussions about the saving power of Jesus Christ and what it means for our lives each and every day, starting today. All right. Hello out there in podcast land, as Pastor Hank always says. Um, This is Miss Mona, in case you are wondering why Hank sounds weird. Um, Pastor Hank can't be with us this evening, but we have a special guest um, with us. Um, Dan Amos has come out from behind the scenes. He's the one that you hear at the beginning of the podcast um, with our wonderful introduction, and he's the one that... um, puts it all together and makes all of this happen. And so we have brought him to the front today. And so I'm happy that he's with us. And so um, we're going to be talking to you together tonight. Um, We miss Pastor Hank, but he'll be back. So welcome, Dan. It's good to be here. And I especially miss Pastor Hank because it means that I'm not uh, behind the microphone. So yes, please hurry back soon. Uh, we, we definitely miss you, but I am, I'm really, I'm so excited, uh, to be here and to be able to, um, be behind the microphone and just to share God's word. And I'm, I can't wait to get into it. Yep. Absolutely. So we're going to start, um, kind of keeping, we're not going to go back into Hebrews 11 this week. We're going to, um, sort of keep with Abraham a little bit more, um, and talk about Abraham and his intercession, for Sodom and Gomorrah in um, chapter 18 of Genesis. And then we're just kind of going to let that flow to where it flows <laughs> and um, talk about intercession and um, and what that means for us. So did you want to start? Sure. I'll start us off and open in prayer. And then we'll, uh, if you'll head over and read the scripture after okay. that. All right. Sounds good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. Thank you for your mercy, and we thank you for the fact that we do have an intercessor in Christ. We have someone to go to you and remind you that he has paid the debt for our sins, that we are no longer held accountable for those sins that we could not pay the price for. And we just thank you for our mess, for your message, and we just pray that you be with us today during this broadcast. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Um, so in chapter 18, God has come, the Lord has appeared to Abraham. We're going to jump over to verse 17. I'm not going to read all of it, but in 17, the Lord says, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. So, and then the Lord said in verse 20, because the outcry against Sodom is in Gomorrah is great and their sin is very grave. I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. Um, and so then if we jump down to, um, Verse 23, um, then Abraham drew near and said, will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing to put the righteous to death with the wicked so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? 
And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Abraham answered and said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the fifty righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And the Lord said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. Again, he spoke to him and said, suppose 40 are found there. He an- and he answered, the Lord answered, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then Abraham said, oh, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak. Suppose 30 are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. He said, behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 are found there. He answered, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak again but this once. Suppose ten are found there. And the Lord answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. So we see here that um, God is has let Abraham know what he is going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah because Sodom and Gomorrah are um, so wicked that he is going to wipe out the the city. Um, And Abraham is interceding on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. And um, and so that's why we wanted to um, focus on this scripture today is to look at Abraham's intercession for Sodom and Gomorrah. So Dan, I know, has a definition for intercession. So intercession, um, one of the things that, that surprised me and really stood out to me was that intercession is not necessarily a prayer. Prayer is a method of intercession, but intercession is simply the act of bringing two parties together. And for us, it means bringing us and God together. Mm-hmm. And the thing that that really just hits me is that without Jesus, we would never find our own way to God. Our paths would never cross because right. of our own wickedness and sinfulness. So we have to have that intercessor so that we can be in the same place as God. And, and even literally in heaven later on, the only way that can happen is through intercession. We can't do it on our own. And um, one of the things that, that we'll get started with is just the fact that who Abraham was in his position in relationship to God allowed him to intercede. So um, you can't intercede with, with someone you don't know. Intercession requires that you know the person that you're speaking to right. and that you have a prior relationship with them so that, it, especially with God, you have to know what his promises are. And we see there multiple times where he he recalls God's promises. But in order to do that, you have to know what those promises are. Right. And we see in um, verse 23 that Abraham drew near. And so he wasn't just far away from God. He wasn't um, just um, off doing his own thing. But he was he drew near to God when he made these requests to him. And we also see that this is not... We have to be careful. This is not a, a really a last resort type of, well, I'll try anything at this point. Right. We look and it says that um, the Lord says, uh, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. 
So there was a prior relationship. Abraham was already depending on God before this. Yes. And, and that's what allowed him to go directly to speak to God uh, about the the sparing of um, the city. And, and one of the things that, that also stood out to me is just if you read on, and we're not going to cover it today, but if you read on about the city, this isn't – the, the, the word that comes to mind is this is the epicenter of sin at this point. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's one of those things I always I, I think of metal where if there's surface rust, you can you can cover it up, you can clean it, you can you can right. grind it and it's good. But this was was deeper than that. There was no good left in this city. And so you know, in this case we see that that intercession did not save the city. And he also, um, Abraham, as he was speaking to the Lord, spoke to him um, according to who God was, as you were talking about the relationship that he had. Um, And he said, um, shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And so he knew God as a judge. He knew God as being just. But he also knew that God was a God of compassion, knowing that God would have compassion for the righteous that were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, so we see him calling upon the Lord according to who the Lord was and who he knew him to be. Now, I'm going to go on the flip side of that. Did Abraham know who he was compared to God? And yes, he did. Are <laughs> <laughs> you trying to trip me up like Pastor Hank does? No, I knew you had that one because we had discussed it. <laughs> We really see, as Abraham has approached God, we really see him in his humility. Um, He has said um, that, uh, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Who am I but dust and ashes? Um, And so we know that he wasn't going at the Lord with this pompous, um, I need to tell you what to do kind of attitude. He was very much um, had that humility and he had that reverence as he went to the Lord. Right. His only confidence came from the fact that he knew the Lord. Yes. And he knew what the Lord was capable of. And and that's, that's one thing that I want to make sure we point out is that this is not some magic formula right. to, to turn God into a genie. Right. This is knowing God well enough that we know his promises and his will, and then aligning our desires for others with those promises and that will. And so, you know, you have to have a heart for God to start with because you have to to love him enough to know who he is as much as we can on this side of eternity. Right. And then you have to have a heart for others enough that you are willing to to take the most powerful position we can, which is on our knees praying to God, and, and go to God on behalf of someone else, which sounds so simple, but it's so hard to do because if we have any of that, the just those, those selfish, sinful infections that get in our hearts, that the if we have any of that envy that we have for, for what other people have, or right. if we have hatred, there's no way we can, can go to God and ask for blessings or or for God's will to be done in someone else's life. It just can't happen. Right, right. Um, and we, and um, at the same time, um, we need to have, as Abraham did, that knowledge of who God is and who we are 
And I think you probably said that, but it was just, um, yeah. I don't know, there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's move on then to why it, it's important to, to be an intercessor and, and whose example we follow right. by being an intercessor. Right. So um, I came across a really great quote, um, Andrew Murray. If you've not read Andrew Murray, I encourage you to do so. He is um, one of the great theologian um, writers. Um, I like him because he's easy to read. He's not too intellectual for me. <laughs> but he said um, that intercession is the most perfect form of prayer. And the reason why he believed that was because it's the prayer that Jesus does for us. Um, and so um, so we can look to Jesus as our example. Um, because he intercedes for us, then we ought to intercede for others. Okay, so now now comes the the trip up question. How, <laughs> and I thought I wasn't going to have that because Pastor is, Hank's not here. This is for you, Hank. This is all for you, buddy. Um, so how does Jesus intercede? You're telling me he's currently interceding for us. He's currently interceding for us. Um, Hebrews seven twenty five says that Jesus always lives to make intercession, and Romans eight thirty four says that Jesus is right now. Um, seated at the right hand of God, and he is interceding for us. And so right now, um, Jesus is very much alive, sitting at the right hand of God, and he is indeed interceding for us right now, currently. So, and and that's that's the amazing thing about Jesus and about his sacrifice and, and our salvation through that sacrifice. His sacrifice was so perfect that it, it happened once and it only had to happen once yes. because it covers everything that could happen from now to the end of time. Yes, yes. his work was done. And, and with his intercession, it is continual. And I, and I don't know about you, but for me, it, I guarantee you he speaks my name so often <laughs> uh, in intercession because, because we need that. All of us do. We all um, do, yes. And so one of the things that, that I think new believers especially have trouble with, especially if you know, you, you come from a, a more troubled past, or if there's things you've done that, that you're not proud of, is this idea that God knows everything that you've done, and mm -hmm. He does, mm -hmm. and and that should be terrifying, absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Um, you know, He knows those things that 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 we try to hide um, from everyone around us, but we can't hide them from God, and. But the thing that that really should should kind of fight that idea that there's no way God could love me because He knows everything I did and continue to do um, is the fact that He loved us so much that He appointed Jesus as that intercessor for yes. us, not once but continually throughout yes. the ages, and and that's not. That's not a surprise to God. He wasn't. He wasn't surprised to find out. Oh, I guess they need an intercessor. <laughs> uh, that's just not how it works. God no. doesn't change, and we see that um, in Romans eight. And I'm just going to read a little bit of it, verses one through three. It says, "There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done." What the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh, 
So what that means is God never changed his perfect sense of justice. Right. Because if he did, he it would no longer be perfect. God cannot change because God's been perfect since forever. Right. <laughs> There's no beginning. Um, but what's so beautiful about it is that because of our own shortcomings, he appointed Jesus as the sacrifice and the intercessor so that that justice was not compromised by our horrific need for mercy right. and our, our continually falling short. So if you ever doubt that God loves you, just look at that. Jesus is continually to this day at this very moment and will continue to to speak up for you to remind God that that your sins are covered yes. by the blood that he shed. Right. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And in presenting you before God the Father and saying um you know when something comes up saying to God, "No, that one's mine." Yep. Um you know, that Miss Mona, she's mine. She belongs to me. Um and and that's just it is just such a beautiful picture. And it's humbling and it's overwhelming because you do think of, well, he knows everything about me and how can he love me? And yet the fact we know that he does. And it says that, you know, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so he wouldn't do that if he didn't love us. Um, And so we see that. And and what a comfort then it is for us to know that Jesus is sitting there at God's right hand interceding for us. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little rabbit trail. I promise it won't be won't be long. But it it, it was a requirement coming on that I take at I least one rabbit trail. He's taking Pastor Hank's yeah. place, though. <laughs> so the now I almost lost it. Give oh, me, don't give lose me two it. seconds here. Okay. So the the thing that just just dumbfounds me is that you know Jesus was not naive of the the absolute filth and sin that we bring to the table when he died for us. He was fully aware of that and yep. and still I won't even say in spite of but because he knew of how how far we fell and continue to fall he realized that that he was the only solution to that. He was the only way mercy could be offered to us through that perfect sacrifice. And so it really says something about how we should treat others mm-hmm. because he was willing to meet us where we were at. He didn't say, clean yourself up, uh, put on a fresh set of clothes and and learn $5 words. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I can't come up with those even. Uh, but, yeah. but it really said, you know, how often are we called to, to share the gospel with somebody? We say, they're really, they make me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Really, that's a sign to us that we're uncomfortable with our own sin. And so just remember, when God calls you to speak to someone about the gospel, to share the gospel with them, just automatically answer, yes, okay, you called me, here I go. Because number one, someone probably looked at you and you may not have met their standards and they decided to share the gospel with you (laughs) and that's how you came to know Christ. Um, But number two, most importantly, is that compared to Jesus, I mean, how filthy do we have to look? Right. And he didn't say, hey, you guys get get to this level of cleanliness. It, it doesn't matter if it was 1%. There's no way we could have gotten there. Right. 
He said, where you're at, not because of who you are, but because of who I am, yes. I'm going to sacrifice myself for you and do what you can never do for yourself. Yes. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. Very good. Um, it, did you, I know you were talking about wanting to go to John 17. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So John 17, 20 through 22. Do you want to read it? Um, sure. 20 to 23. I do not ask for these only. Okay. So he's been, the chapter 17 is Jesus is praying for his disciples. And then in verse 20, he brings us into the picture. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be in one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. So who is the intercessor there? <laughs> so Jesus is praying for <laughs> <See>? us. <laughs> and, and it's just one of those things... This is, I, I promise this is not a second rabbit trail. This I will tie this all back <laughs> in. Um, you know, so often we're, we're Christians uh, are seen as non-Christians by being illogical. They, they think that we follow mm. a book of fairy tales, essentially. And, but if you look at this, it makes complete logical sense that he, he is Jesus. He is not bound by time. Right. He knows what's getting ready to come as far as the crucifixion, but... Further down the road, he also knows that we're going to continue to be sinners fully dependent on the the salvation offered by his sacrifice. And so he's not just praying. It, it says, um, let me find my spot here. The ones, okay, also for those who believe in me through their word. Right. W- do we, we have their us. word? <laughs> we do. Absolutely. It, it's the Bible. And so it, like... It just makes sense that that he knew, again, not bound by time, that we would be sitting here today reading his yes, word. Yes. And so it the fact that he thought of us in that moment. Right. And that he knew we would need his word. Yes. It it just if that doesn't humble you and get you excited right. at the same time, I don't know what will. <laughs> That's, that's I all always I got have there. that moment when we um, are in Genesis and where, um, you know, God even, well, it first hit me with Abraham, with the story of Abraham and God first preached the gospel to Abraham, mm-hmm. which we talked about in another podcast. So go listen to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're good at giving shameful plugs. Um, and I remember studying Abraham and, and getting to that point and thought, wow, God thought of me way back then when he was talking to Abraham. The reality is then after I studied more that really when you go back to Genesis three and when um, in with the serpent and the, the temptation and with Adam and Eve and um, and he talks about that um, you will bruise his head, but he will bruise your mm-hmm. he, you will bruise his heel. You will crush his he will crush your head. And that's talking about Jesus. And so really way back then. God was thinking of us. Absolutely. But really, <laughs> when we read in the New Testament, we know that it was before even the beginning of time that, that God set it forth, forth through us. And so um, that's why we love the word so much. Absolutely. Because we love to get those um, that progressive revelation that the word is and that 
that we see from the beginning to the end, um, the things that God has for us. And so, so during, in verse 20, Jesus, um, speaks, is speaking for us and, and bringing us into it. But that means that also we can go back and read that entire prayer in the entire chapter 17. Absolutely. And that's really for us too. That's, Absolutely. All of that stuff's not just for the disciples. It's for us because he has brought us in and, and has shown us that he's praying for us too. So we can claim those things also. Absolutely. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring it back around. <laughs> All right. If you're like me and you struggle every now and then with with self-esteem and with just, you know, you know who you are on the inside, you know it's not always been perfect and you hit those times of struggle. How much love does God have for you to to fill an entire book? Yeah. With with his love for you yes. and, and to say that the love that he has for you brings him glory, that it brings him pleasure. Uh, and and he wants us, uh, this, this is, this is where I'm tying it back in. So <laughs> end of rabbit trail right here. He, Oh man, it is right. It is in my head and it, it does not want to come out. Okay. So, so got those promises that he makes in Genesis mm-hmm. all the way through to Revelation single. Thank you, Hank. I love yeah. that. Um, <laughs> to Revelation, those promises never changed. Right. Because he is perfect from beginning to end, because there is no beginning to end. He is perfect. And so when we see Abraham reminding God of those promises that the first few times I read that, I remember the story. I don't think we, we had a flannel gram of that. That would have been a little <laughs> dark for, for the flannel. We tried to keep those with the happy stories and whatnot. But, um, but, but the thing about it is that those promises, you know, when I first heard it, I, I thought, well, he's kind of being smart aleck. Like he, he's kind of like, mm-hmm. remember you said that. But God takes pleasure in the fact that we remember those and hold them, hold those, yes. hold him to those promises, because it shows our faith in him that yes. we believe when he says something yes. is going to happen, and it is not restricted by time. Right. He is who he has always been right. and will continue to be. Right. And in that brings us back to last week's podcast um, that Abraham believed that God was able to do the things that he had promised. And so we talked about last week about all of that, and it's on the blog too, but um, that he he believed those promises. And so they were that, that faith was counted to him as righteousness. And as he went through the different um, struggles and the different things that God was calling him to do, he clung to those promises and he firmly Absolutely. believed that God was able to do it. He was, Acts tells us that he was, uh, Romans tells us that he was fully convinced that God was able to do it. And so, um, and so I think that we see here with this intercession, we see him being fully convinced that, God desires to be a righteous judge. And one thought I had with that is that in order to to go to God in intercession, you have to be fully convinced. I, you know, if I have a parking right. ticket that I'm trying to get resolved, I'm not <laughs> going to go to McDonald's and ask the chef to, to take care of it. You know, you, you have to know the source and you have to know the the properties of God. Again, as much as we can, we will never fully understand until we get to eternity. But, but he rejoices in the fact that we hold him to those promises because it shows that we believe what he says. Yes. We believe his word. Right. 
And that's why we say the, the, the Bible is infallible. This is his word. And we can depend on it. As a matter of fact, in this changing world, it's the only thing yes. we can depend on. Yeah. So real quick, we're, we're you know, <laughs> I joke that we're going to have to cut it short, uh, that we're going to run out, out of time. And sure enough, that's exactly what's happening. I think it's a prerequisite, again, of, <laughs> of being on the podcast. Um, how can we intercede? So how do we intercede? I think that we um, can follow Abraham's example. And I think that we, by being humble before God, by um, recognizing and having that reverence before God, mm-hmm. um, but also um, having that compassion for the people. Absolutely. And um, I don't remember what point you were making when we were... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, when we were talking beforehand and okay. you were talking about... Oh, absolutely. You so, were talking about... So how, inter- intercession is, is beneficial obviously for the person you're praying for. Right. But it's also beneficial to you because you cannot pray for another person and and hold things against them in your heart. It just doesn't happen. Either you will stop praying or you will begin to let go of those things in your heart. And when you were talking about that earlier, I was thinking that there's a reason why why we're told to pray for our enemies. And if you've ever been in that situation, which I, um, I have, um, I, not necessarily an enemy, but somebody that was causing me strife. Mm-hmm. And um, the minute I started praying for her, um, not to for God to change her, but just praying for her, mm-hmm. um, it's amazing what God changes in absolutely. you. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> because you're absolutely right. Yes. Yeah. And you're not going to, if you're praying for your enemies, you're not going to be holding on to that strife. You're not going to be holding on to that anger. You're not going to be holding on to those negative things anymore. And God is going to change that in your heart. So you're not necessarily praying to change them, but you're going to be changed and you're going to be filled with that compassion that you need to have for them. And it's almost, almost as if <laughs> when you pray for your enemies, they stop being enemies. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and and it, you're right. It may not. You may not see a change in them, but it changes your outlook toward them, and yep. and it it may put you in a position where you can begin to share the gospel with them because that hardness in your heart has been softened by God. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. <laughs> we we are almost completely out of time. So if you want to uh, wrap us up and close us in prayer, and uh, then we'll uh, we'll head out. Um, I never know what to say when we wrap <laughs> it up. Um, I I just the you know one I think that we wanted to cover this um, to sort of tie it into Abraham, but also because um, it was you know Hank mentioned it in his sermon on Sunday, mm-hmm. which you can find. Um, on our podcast website, a link to it, or on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talked about being an intercessor, which then leads you to think about Jesus being an intercessor. And so I just would remind you what Andrew Murray said, that intercession is the most perfect form of prayer. And I think that we, I'm speaking for my, all my fingers are pointing at me. <laughs> um, we tend to pray for ourselves, Absolutely. But... When we can turn our eyes and see the needs of those around us and then lift those up to Jesus um, and to God's throne, um, I mean, it's just such a privilege. And it's something that I think we need to make sure that we're holding on to. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for being with me, Dan. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I'm starting (laughs) to panic less already. (laughs) (laughs) We miss you, Hank. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the truths that are in your word. 
in that we can um, hold on to them and we can cling to them. But you also give us examples for how you desire for us to live and what you desire for us to do. And so I pray that we would do that. And I pray that we would allow you to cause us to become more and more like Christ. And so um, we thank you for this time. We thank you for those who are listening. And we pray that our words would be a blessing to them because they um, are sharing your words. And Lord, that's all we want to do. And so we lift it up to you and we thank, give thanks and glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And that wraps up this week's episode of the Mosaic of Marion. And if you would like to hear any of our past episodes, we are available on Spotify as well as our website and on Facebook. Um, and if you would like to learn more about accepting Christ as your Savior, if you have not done so, uh, if you go to our website, there is a contact us page. Feel free to reach out, and Pastor Hank will be in touch with you. And that website is? That website is <laughs> www.mosaicofmarion.com. Yes, very easy. All of the episodes are there. And the blog. Read the blog. And the blog. Read the blog. Yes, the blog is wonderful because <laughs> Mona writes a lot of it, so it's no. great. There you go. See, you got to be careful with me here. <laughs> All right. So, guys, have a great week. Thank you for listening. Bye.